You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Everything basement-y serving Calgary and Southern Alberta since 1992. Um, update on our boss, he's here. Yeah. He, he said um, he goodness. was trying to do like a half-truth. Like a fib? Yeah. A white lie? Yeah, I wasn't buying it. He rolled in at quarter to eight, mm. and he said, I'll be, oh, I said I'd be there after six. Yeah. Well. Sick. We thought six. Yeah. But anyway, he brought some coffee, brought it's some here. donuts. Yeah. Uh, he's here. I've already um, finished my coffee, but it's fine. You crushed it. Um, Peter Labardius, uh, Flames radio analyst for sports at 960 at the bottom of the hour. Inter Noah's still here. Yeah. I did not forget about his red hot 15 second flames take. How could you? He's going to do that and Lou's going to listen to it and then Lou's going to give his opinion. Pressure's on, guys. We've been giving the opinion. Yeah. Uh, Alex, don't turn on his mic without my permission next time. I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just totally. Yes, pressure's on. No, no we look roll. forward to it. Uh, you just have Peter Labardi is judging your take, so don't worry about it. No pressure. It's just Lou. It's just Lou. I'll no see pressure. what he thinks about the take. Absolutely. And you said it's spicy today? Oh yeah, uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be way spicier than uh, than the past two days. Okay, looking Whoa. forward to it. We'll do that uh, right before we talk to Lou at eight thirty. But right now, uh, joining us in studio, former Calgary Flame, he'll be an on ice official for annual beer league game tomorrow night down at Windsport, along with Brent Cron. We say good morning to Paul Cruz. Hey, hey thanks for jumping guys. in. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming downtown. Um, what is uh, what is your refereeing chops? How many games have you fit? <laughs> because Croner was here yesterday, and he was. I think he's going to lean on you for being like the no nonsense official tomorrow during the game. The bad cop. Are, are you? Yeah. The, are you going to yeah. play? You know, th- that guy. Are you going to be like? You, he's going to be your wingman. He's going to be your goose to your maverick. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm guessing so. Uh, yeah. I, I know him pretty well, and I've hung out with him, so I think. Definitely, that's going to operate that way. Um, how are you going to uh, take in the level of play you're going to see tomorrow? Because <laughs> I'm assuming, again, I haven't seen the Whalers or the Lushes play. Oh, you didn't get out life. and do a little pre-scout for no, our show tomorrow? I'm going to assume, Paul, it's not going to be the highest level of hockey. Uh, what are you looking for out of the guys tomorrow, potentially? I'm not sure. I'm getting pretty used to playing with fat uh, middle-aged men <laughs> Okay, hockey lately. So that's good. I don't know what to expect. <laughs> okay, so now uh, being a former professional athlete, um, and you mentioned playing with fat middle-aged uh, players. What is your trifactor? Like, when do you like? <laughs> when does Paul Cruz go? You know what? I'm going to turn on a little bit of the NHL Paul Cruz here when you're playing beer league. When does that happen? Uh, not very often, but it does uh, come out though sometimes, yeah, I right? Play, I play in some beer leagues, uh, some oil leagues, and uh, sometimes there's some former employees or whatever that are sponsoring a team that I might step it up a little bit. Mm. Uh, mm. But for the most part, it's just. Oh, they're having fun and shooting the shit with the guys. Big rivalry games. Those are the ones you got to get up for. Yeah, it's not not uh, Oilers Calgary. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how many times have you encountered a game sevener out there in beer league, and you're like, "Come on, man, dial it back <laughs> a, a little sweat? bit." Like a guy who can say, and I'm sure the old line is, "I would have made it if I didn't get hurt." It's usually a knee. If, yeah, there's usually a knee or a back a shoulder. issue. Something happened yeah, and they yeah. would have got to the show like you actually a did. A coach that didn't like yeah. him. Yeah. How many yeah. times have you heard that in Beer League? Yeah, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of game seveners out there. And uh but it's fun. Everybody has a role. And you always have to have one on every team. Um Even have you ever league. have you ever been slew footed, slashed, cheap shotted during a beer league game and you have to be like, I 
I should do something about this, but you didn't, or you did something. Because I couldn't imagine playing beer league against a former NHLer. Because as as I just mentioned, there's got to be game seveners out there. Has that ever happened to you where you got something in a beer league game? You're like, uh, next time you do that, you're going to have to pay the piper here. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, so, <laughs> some, things, <laughs> some things you should, probably should leave in your mind and not right. out in the open. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely there's, there's, there's been a few instances, but it's just the level of play you're used to, right? I right. Mean, in, in, in the old days when something happened, you, you reacted. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes not to react. I know some players that can't play beer league hockey because they just can't shut it down. And really? I've always been able to shut it down, but there is a limit as yeah. well where you're going to turn or, you know, you can yeah. accept so much or, or something happens out there. Uh, what? Well, now you got to give us a story of what happened to you in beer league. Like, was it a slash? Was it a slew foot? What happened? A hit from behind? What was it? Right into the numbers? Uh, not so much that, really. Uh, you know, it's nothing like that has really happened. Uh, but I have had a few injuries. I've got hit, in, you know, I played 14 years pro and, I get to the beer leagues and I get hit in the face with a slap shot. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh. Flex out cut myself open, and then uh, that same year, some guy rimmed it and it went off the the dasher and hit me in the face as well. So oh, I think my first year in beer hockey, yeah, uh, was about twenty stitches. Well, how mad were you when that happened? <laughs> like honestly, it's like it's like to me, it, I find it like it's like getting hurt in slow pitch. When you play slow pitch, guys who play beer league or play hockey, and then they get hurt playing slow pitch, is that kind of the same feeling in all of this? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you pride yourself on keeping all your teeth playing professional hockey, and then you show up beer hockey, and you probably have a more chance yeah. of losing your teeth than <laughs> well, you get your eyeballs scratched out. The one thing is, and you've mentioned Chopper before, the nickname for uh, Al, McInnes. Al McInnes, because he couldn't control his slap shot. And when you get into beer league and guys are firing pucks, like, come on, do it. These guys can't aim the puck to the level that NHL players are, but some of them might be able to absolutely put a little bit of weight behind it. So you get that type of stuff that happens all the time where shots happen like that. Like I remember playing one beer league game where uh, I was trying to impress someone on the other side. It was my ex's father who had invited me to beer league, being a little bit of a tryhard. Okay. Uh, take a shot. It escapes on me off the toe a little bit, raises up and almost gets one of the guys in the chops. And they chirped me pretty hard. I never went back. Mm. That was the lesson that I learned. Um, Maybe tone it down. Um, Paul, You, as you said, you played a ton of professional hockey. Uh, we got the big uh, news today that Tom Brady's uh, retiring from the NFL. He announced it on his own social media channels. But uh, Wayne Gretzky's a name that's on our poll question. Who's the best athlete in North American professional sports? You played against Wayne Gretzky in the NHL. Tell us about the first time you saw that guy on the ice and what was going through your mind. Actually, the first game I ever played was against Kresge. I got <laughs> called up Ooh, okay. and I flew all day. Uh-huh. And uh, that's when he was in L.A. Yeah. And uh, I got to the game and was nervous as it was just to play. And then yet alone Gretzky's playing and uh, in warm-up. And I was looking around. I was just watching Gretzky. I actually missed my first line shift. <laughs> Uh, in warm up because I was just staring at Gretzky the whole time. <laughs> Is that when he yeah. had the silver shiny Easton too? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Those, yeah. those sticks were they so were beautiful. slick. Yeah, they're so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I probably should have been, you know, watching McSorley warming up. Or yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, right. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was, it was quite uh, surreal actually. You know, to to play your first game and actually play against Gretzky, and I was just in awe. I mean, I I didn't know what to think or say. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a very exciting time for sure. Uh, what do the other guys on the team say when you're facing off against Wayne Gretzky in your first game? Do they give you any advice? You didn't do the rookie. They didn't have the rookie lap thing back then, right? No, I no, you. They didn't have the rookie <laughs> thing, but I mean, you definitely had. Uh, they definitely made funny or joked around with you a lot, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just got called up. I just basically showed up in the room back then. You flew yeah. the day. You know, I had to come from Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. So I flew that day, got off the plane, was right at the rink, had my gear on in probably two hours and was was on the ice with Gretzky. Uh, so it, it was it was a great night. Is that a situation where your teammates are like, no, you'll be fine. Don't worry. It's just Gretzky. Or are they like, no, this is gonna you. This is gonna be a whole lot to handle. Like you were in for a, a rough night here. Like I wonder what the mindset is from your teammates who might have seen him before. Yeah, not not, not really. I mean, the the reason why I got called up for that game was uh, I would think it was the eighty first or eighty second game of the year or eightieth, mm. and they were just resting players for the playoffs because they had such a great team back in nineteen ninety and ninety one. You know, the early days, the Stanley Cup years. Uh, so uh, they were just resting players. So I think they were just happy that I was taking up a little space. And, 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 and but I, I mean, when Gretzky's on the ice, everybody's in awe. I mean, yeah, you know, you know, I, nobody really has to say anything. It, it's self-explanatory what he does and mm-hmm. and uh, the impact he had on the game. Was there that whole golden goose vibe around him? Because he's the guy that helped grow the league, which is good for everybody involved. Hey, let's not hit this guy because he's kind of responsible for this league growing for all of us to put more money in our pockets. Was that the sense around Wayne Gretzky when you played in the league? Yeah, for sure. Um, but you also, it, it, you, you didn't it, want you to beat you, but at the same time, you're not slew footing Wayne Gretzky. No, not until the playoffs. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's untouchable. Until right. The until the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. And I, actually I got in a spat with his brother in, uh, in the minors, uh, uh, he's part of that greatest brother scoring duo in NHL history. Yeah, and I, so I uh, don't disparage careful, uh, careful. Brent Gretzky here, yeah. uh, Paul Cruz, because he's a record holder in the National <laughs> Hockey League. I thought they were going to send McSorley down just to fight me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but no, he, he's definitely an ambassador, and you know he, he was untouchable. Nobody wanted right. to hurt him or go after him. And I mean, he, he he was a great player. But as soon as the playoffs started, you know, guys would play him a little tougher and be in his face try to take his space away, but he make you look pretty silly pretty fast. Could you expand on that when you say his brother went after you in the minors? Like, what what is that? What does that situation look like? Uh, well, it, it was in Atlanta in the minors in, I don't know, probably early 90s, and mm-hmm. we actually had a line brawl, and I was on the bottom and basically on top of the goalie, or a goalie was on top of me, I don't remember, and by the time we got everybody up and everybody was paired off, the only guy left was... Brent Gretzky and I was just like oh you gotta be kidding me and I just looked at him he dropped his gloves and I said okay just don't throw a punch I won't and yeah. sure enough he popped me one so then I had to give him a couple <laughs> uh, former flame um, Paul Cruz joining us here in studio he'll be one of the officials on ice for our beer league game which airs tomorrow night on Sportsnet 960 live from Winsport uh, Popeye uh, it's free to get in um, great prizes to be won uh, Paul Cruz and Brent Cron will be on the ice as officials. You mentioned a line brawl. Like, what's the? You don't see them as much as we used to. Like, I'll always remember the Vancouver Calgary one that went right off the starting face off, and then Torts went down the the hall. And we don't really see them that often anymore. But when they would break out back in the nineties, like, what's your mentality when that's starting to happen? Are you grabbing a guy who's in your weight class, or what's what's your play there? 
Uh, you would like to have a guy in your weight class, yeah. but sometimes you can't be that picky. It's yeah. a line brawl. It's a, I mean, it, it, it's whoever is basically in front of you. And it, it can be scary because you get very tired in a, in a one-on-one fight when the refs are standing there. But let, yet alone, you're, you're kind of hoping the ref's going to break up your yeah. fight first. Cause this could go on for five, six, seven minutes. And you could have been in pretty good shape or uh, or have the right opponent. And then was it... In. First guy to the box, so you could actually get a spot on the bench, and you didn't have to sit down, and you didn't have to stand while you waited for the five minutes. <laughs> That's a good point, but I saw it escalate all the way to the box before. The box wasn't even a safe haven back yeah. in the day. Guys used to come flying across the timekeeper to get a get a hold of you. Um, I have to ask you, uh, Paul. You played in an era in the early '90s. Uh, there was a lot of scary dudes who could drop the gloves. Who was were you ever warned? As 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 a young player in the league, hey, don't don't fight that guy. Or when you played in a specific city, watch out for that guy in case he's going to drop the gloves. Was that was that something you thought about during the game, or does things happen organically when you got to drop the gloves, or you were in a position where there's no way I'm fighting that guy tonight? Uh, yeah, yeah, not really. I mean, you get there, that's your role, kind of thing, and mm. you you got there because of that. I mean, there's definitely some scary guys in that era. Um, you know, I was considered somewhat big when I first started. You're a big man. I'm not going to lie. And, uh, You're a you know, by the end of my career, I was considered uh. small. But uh, <laughs> there, there was only one guy I really kind of feared was uh, Dave Brown when he was in oh, Philadelphia. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I, I was never really worried about too many guys. Wait, you're, you're definitely worried. You're not yeah. sick. Or you, you don't feel great about going out and fighting a 6'4 guy. Yeah. Uh, but Dave Brown just freaked me out for some reason. Um, the what eyes. About, yeah. Um. <laughs> What's the hardest you've ever been punched in a fight? Who who was that? Uh, you know what? I think it was uh, Scott Thornton, actually. He played up in Edmonton. Sure. Really? He was sneaky yeah. tough. And he's a good player and great guy, too. I played with him briefly in San Jose, but he was sneaky tough. And he used to fight some big boys. And I thought maybe he just got lucky against Sandy McCarthy or so I fought him <laughs> in Edmonton. And yeah. he popped me right at center ice and Ooh. blew my nose up pretty quick. And Oh, boy. And uh, it was uh, not a great feeling. Now, for those of us who haven't been in an NHL fight, like Maddie and I included... <laughs> Um, Speak for yourself, George. What, what, what? You knew it was your job. You knew you wanted to, to change the momentum of a game, or the other team wants to change the momentum of a game when when they're losing to you. How angry, or did you just separate the anger and the intensity from the kind of business side of things that you know you had to fight this guy? Because we, we've had Luke Gazdick on, who's fought a lot of guys in the NHL, and he talks about the mutual respect. That's something you knew as you rolled that you had to do this on specific nights, specific games against specific guys. I, how did you separate the getting angry and actually wanting to punch this guy's face in? Not like Mike Tyson, where he said recently he wanted to kill every single opponent he fought. <laughs> but how did you how did you skate that line of you know it's your job, but also I don't want to get hurt or maybe I don't want to hurt this guy as much? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I I played in the Western League. A lot of the tough guys in the nineties came from the Western League. Mm-hmm. And you had battled with them in the juniors and on your way up in the minors. And there is a mutual respect, uh, you know, with Western Leaguers, Ontario Leaguers. Um, but, you know, my intention was never to go out and hurt somebody or, mm-hmm. or whatever. It was, it, like you said, it was a momentum changer. If we're down by two goals, you know, one of us is out there looking for something to change the momentum, to get the team sparked up. And yeah. As far as I never got angry um, fighting. You know, actually, I had a couple times, but I usually lost when I was angry because you make, weird decisions you make bad decisions on your fighting uh, you know where you're you're doing stupid things so you had to stay in control and have the right mindset or you're gonna get hurt did you have any like special moves any uh, any things you like to keep in the back pocket to surprise guys 
I wish I did. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I never did. My motto was just don't come in second. <laughs> just don't come in second. Yeah, just don't wake up on the ice. That's uh, a good one. Who's the guy you played against, um, Paul, that you didn't get a chance to fight that you kind of wish you did? Uh, well, um, the Proberts. Oh, man. And yeah. Domi. Yeah. Uh, probably the two that I wanted to fight. Right. And I never got a chance. Uh, um, Domi Bob, played in the league for a while. Like, why Why didn't that ever come? He was in public? Winnipeg as well. And, and yeah. And him and we had a big rivalry with Winnipeg. Him and Derek King, or not Derek King, uh, uh, Chris King. Yeah. Were in Winnipeg. And Those are tough I'd always customers. try to fight Domi, but he, he you know, he, that was back when he was flashing. He had the belt. Yeah. He didn't want to fight a middleweight kind of no-namer like me. Right. So I think he didn't want to lose. And, you know, he didn't want He wanted to fight Sandy McCarthy or Bob Probert or Marty McSorley. He right. Just the number one, you know, the, the big boys, the heavyweights. And good on him. Um, the, I know Ty Domi was known for really hard melon. Uh, who's the hardest melon of a guy you punched? <laughs> uh, that's a good point. I don't know. They all feel hard to <laughs> yeah. me. I, I mean... <laughs> Plus, uh, but you what got a about, lot of helmets. There aren't but many what about today parts. now when guys are punching with visors on? Could you imagine doing that back in the day? Yeah, that would hurt your hands. I mean, you'd have a short career fighting 30 times in a year or 25 <laughs> hitting all these visors and helmets. and Just shaving down your knuckles game after game. I wanted to yeah. ask because, you know, we talked to Luke, like George mentioned, and, and sometimes you find that guys who fought each other end up being good friends after. Is there something unique to fighting somebody that down the road, whether you're still in the game or you're out of the game, that you can kind of find a mutual respect and, and become friends with these guys? Do you find that you kind of match up with fighters well after the game? 100%. Yeah. Like uh, I, I used to fight Kelly Chase all the time, and then we'd go out to the bar after yeah. and have drinks or Jeff Rogers. Um, they're, they're, there's this uh, camaraderie. I mean, they're in the same position you are. They're, they're doing this uh, as a job. There's no anger. There's there's no animosity towards each other unless something mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. in a long time and you did a cheap shot or something. But everybody back then was pretty respectful. I mean, there's there's the odd guys that would get a little carried away, but I mean, uh, for the most part, everybody was yeah. buddies. And I got traded from the island to Buffalo uh, back in '98, I believe. And the first guys to meet me were Rob Ray and Barnaby, the two fighters. It yeah. was like, hey, welcome to the team. And you know, we hit it off right from the start. So. Hmm. Um, you played in a lot of interesting places, uh, Paul. You played in Salt Lake. You obviously played here in Calgary. You played on the island with the Islanders in beautiful Buffalo, uh, Utah, Chicago. And then Utah. you also played on the other side of the Atlantic for the Sheffield Steelers and the Belfast uh, Giants. And you also played in Austria. How was your European experience at the end of your pro career? It was fun. England was fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my buddy was uh, coaching over in Sheffield, uh, assistant player coach so uh, you uh, had a good year uh in in 01 02 uh you had uh 44 games played 12 goals 16 assists 28 minutes and paul this was kind of uh, a staggering stat 152 penalty minutes in 44 games you were no stranger to the box in that season yeah the the english league's a little uh a little different you're actually allowed to fight in the english league which is surprising um, I didn't know you were allowed to fight in any European league mm. uh, without suspension. But were you like the heavyweight champ in the English league in that season? I, I don't know about that. I mean, there were some there were some ex players, ex NHL players over there that I respected a lot, and I think we kind of shared that role, I guess, to say. What was your um, What was the difference in fans? Because yeah. I know England, they, they like to get after it, especially when it comes to soccer matches. Love their scraps. And they love their scraps. Uh, again, funny how they banned alcohol in Qatar, and there was no hooligan, 
hooliganism uh, arrested uh, in Qatar this so year. So weird. Yeah, so weird alcohol was involved. How was the fans in the English League when you played there? The fans are great. Uh, you know, they don't, they're not really knowledgeable about hockey. Yeah. Uh, but they, they're very passionate, as you know, like you said, with soccer. They love to sing. Mm-hmm. They yeah. love to drink. And like you said, they like their fights. They like their rough play. They, they, they're just sports fans. And it, it, it's fun to go back. And I actually really enjoyed myself because I, I was playing four or five minutes in the NHL. And in the minors, I was playing about 10 minutes. And then I go over to England. I'm playing my 20 minutes. Really? Yeah. You on power play one? Um, I don't know about one. <laughs> two. Okay. PK one? Yeah. Were you PK one? Probably two as well. Okay, I, I, if he wanted yeah, okay. to, if he wanted to, yeah. it was there right. for you. Yeah. You had to block shots from PK. Okay. So. Did you have any songs that were written about you? Because that's a big thing you mentioned. They love to write their songs about their players. Uh, I'm not aware of that. No. Uh, okay. Songs, yeah. but uh, yeah. What was the biggest culture shock going over there to play hockey? Um, I think probably the food. Yeah. I mean, uh, they like their fish and chips and. Uh, different type That's of foods. Fish just, and chips, uh, the fat guy healthy meal. That's a perfect yeah. meal. I'm not going <laughs> to get the burger today. I'm going to eat healthier and eat the fish and chips, which is 2,500 calories. How many of our participants tomorrow are going to have fish and chips yeah. before dinner? They're going to eat healthy. Before the game. Yeah. Eat healthy. <laughs> yeah. um, what was like, because I know English food isn't really known as one of the best maybe cuisines in the world. Uh, what grossed you out when you were there? Do you I think they had, like blood sausage for breakfast. Yeah. 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 And it was like a buffet too. So it was just, just <laughs> a tray of blood and... Whoa. Uh, <laughs> probably meat that's been sitting out yeah. for a couple days. <laughs> Not ideal. No. Not ideal. Not um, before me. I let you go, and we're really looking forward to seeing you on the ice uh, tomorrow night during our beer league game. Uh, what do you love about today's NHL, and what do you not really like about today's NHL? Um, I, I really respect the talent out there and the, the speed. It, it's, it, it's ridiculous, right? It is, yeah. I mean, you don't really notice it on TV, but then when you go and you sit a little lower, and I had the best seat in the house for... For ten years, and and you know it's incredible the pace that they these players play at and the skill level they play at now. Um, it, it has gone soft a little bit. Mm. I mean that's the part I I thought you know back then it should be one in the corner in front of the net, not in the penalty box, right? And uh, not on you know tripping penalties. That guy mm-hmm. steps on a stick. Uh, but you got to respect the game, and it's it's evolved just like the rest of the sports have. Mm-hmm. And I think there's even more to come. Uh, he is Paul Cruz, a former Calgary Flame, a former Sheffield Steeler and Belfast Giant. Uh, we look forward to you skating around the ice uh, with Brent Cron during tomorrow and looking forward to having a couple beverages at Wild Rose Brewery tomorrow night as well. Thanks, Paul Cruz. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, for there me. he goes. Straight ahead, um, Peter Labardius, Flames color analyst for Sports at 960. We're going to have him on. We'll get his take on the Tom Brady retirement. Sure. And Inter Noah is going to have his uh, flaming hot 15 second Flames take that Ooh. Lou is going to listen to and then comment about it as well. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Uh, More big show, extra big show at the top of the hour uh, with Patrick Dumont. What do you got as a as a guest here? You got Andrew Patterson. Okay. Out in Winnipeg. Hustler. Winnipeg Sports Talk. The hustler okay. himself. He's a big Chiefs guy too, so he's pretty pretty You love your, um, you love your um Winnipeg Sports Talk. I do talk. love my Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, I didn't get to a lot of things today because of the Tom Brady news. 
that I want to get to tomorrow. Uh huh. And one of them is about music and where you would hear it for the rest of eternity. But we're going to do that tomorrow. Rest of eternity. Yeah, we'll do that tomorrow. It's it's such a good story. Damn you, Tom Brady. I wanted to get to this today, but we don't have time. <laughs> Your teases are so good. They bother me well, for like the rest of the show listen, usually. Now this one's going to have me on fire for the next I'll 23 I'll forget uh, about it, hours. and then when I come in tomorrow, I'll be like, oh, yeah, this is yeah. going to be fun. <laughs> even even the blind squirrel uh, can find a nut by doing a good um, tease. Broken even though clock I'm such is a right twice a day. Crazy, mediocre broadcaster. Somebody who's not a mediocre broadcaster, probably the best on the radio station without any doubt. Peter Labardius, uh, color voice uh, for the Calgary Flames for Sports at 960. Joining us on his vacation. Lou, how are you? Thanks for this. What a legend. Uh, I, I am uh, I'm great, guys. Um, what, what are you up to? Like, what? How's your week off been here? Uh, it's, it's been quiet. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm enjoying getting the odd hug, which I don't get very often in my <laughs> world. Okay. Um, you know, it's actually nice to see my wife and yep. hang out. And it's been uh, very quiet, but very nice so oh. far. Uh, if you need hugs, uh, Matty Rose is definitely the guy for you. I dish him out, baby. He does, and <laughs> and I do, and I do get them, and I'm not afraid to give them either. Okay, that's right. Um, you know, I'm good with that. Uh, how long is too long for a hug? How many seconds? Um, I think it probably depends who it comes from. Hmm. So if it's from the right people, it can last as long as it wants to. When it's you know just Matt Rose, hand. like a Matt Rose hug. How long should a, a Matt, Matt Rose hug could last three or four seconds? And that okay, would be fine. <laughs> that's fair. That's appropriate. I think that's fair. I might you push know, for I a like little him. bit more, but that's fine. Yeah, I like Rose and Bloom. He's good. <laughs> might push for There's a little some bit more. That's that fine. don't even come near me. Yeah, you know, okay. I don't, <laughs> don't even touch me. Don't look at me. Yeah. Like don't come anywhere near me. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. we we'll love to see it. Um, hey, uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about as far as uh, the Calgary Flames go, as the team is currently on a little bit of a break. But maybe just a thought on what you want to see from this group when they get back from their break. We see them in the Bahamas and down on the boat, and everyone's hanging out and having a great time. But what is one of the mm-hmm. things you want to see on this Eastern Conference road trip, their last trip out east when they get back? I think, Manny, not just the trip, but, you know, in their last 32 games, you just – you want more consistency, both team-wise and individually. And that would be right at the top of the list because it has been a very, very, you know, roller coaster-like year where, you know, they don't have a win streak any longer than three games. And, you know, especially going in, and there's always recency bias, but it's not recency bias for me because I – always try to remind people to look at the big picture, not, you know, our analysis, which we have to do when you do what we all do for a living. But, you know, it, it still is 182-game season. It's not 82-one-game seasons. So, you know, outside of a couple of stinkers lately, since December, it's, it's trended pretty well for this group. But they're in a tussle. And I expect them to be in a tussle in a division only separated by seven points from one through five, probably right until almost April the 12th. So you can't give up 
points that you really need to get the rest of the way. Your division record is going to have to be really, really strong in those games, especially involving those four other teams, albeit in Edmonton and Seattle, you don't play them anymore. You're done with both. So consistency individually and team-wise right at the top of the uh, ledger for me. Um, Lou, I had this uh, take after Friday night's game because obviously a lot of people, a lot of fans were disappointed with that loss to the Blackhawks last Thursday. But that mm-hmm. game on Friday night uh, gave me a lot of hope if I'm a Flames fan, and here's why. The amount of effort that team put and the amount of energy they used to win that hockey game to pretty much dominate a pretty good Seattle Kraken team to me is a precursor to what this team will look like in the playoffs. Obviously getting there is going to be a struggle, which you just talked about for the flames, but that effort getting that win before this long break to me is something that if they play like that in the playoffs, this is going to be a very hard out for any team they face in the Stanley cup. George, um, I felt really since day one, and and needless to say, none of us can predict how it's going to go. And it hasn't gone as well as I think myself or any Flames fan would like. But when the changes were made in the summertime, and I have always felt in my heart, and like you, I still do, despite all the up and downs, that this is the best team in terms of construction that I have seen to potentially have long-term success since I've been here. And I still believe it. Now, I also think that there's been things and situations and change and what people have gone through that have caused a lot of inconsistency but yes when this team plays the right way they're a really good team and they were a really good team on friday night in seattle and they were a really good team the previous saturday afternoon against tampa so it's there it just it needs to be consistent enough to get in because I will say this, there won't be anybody in the league signing up for the Flames in round one. Right. That I can guarantee. Um, Lou, I want to talk about other stuff. I want to talk about the Tom Brady uh, retirement with you because I want to get your perspective on that as well. But first, uh, we have intern Noah, who's been sitting in uh, with us all week. Believe it or not, Lou. Mr. Mr. Adler? Yes, Mr. Adler is in studio uh, with us, and uh, he decided to come back. He was already with us for a week, and he had a choice which show he wanted to tag along for an extra week. And for some inexplicable reason, he picked our show, so we had to put him to work. Um, he's been giving us uh, 15-second uh, Red Hot Flames takes. So uh, we're going to get him to do his Flames take today. I want you to take a listen to it and then give your opinion on Noah's hot, hot take today. The fact that I have to do it when Mr. Labarius is listening, the pressure's really on. Okay. Are, are you ready, Lou? Oh, I am so ready. Okay. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Um, all right, Alex, hit it. So currently, the Flames are not in the playoff spot by points percentage. 
In saying that, however, I think in the final 32 games, the Flames will go 22 and 10, but they will still miss the playoffs by a point. Wow. All right. They're going to go 22 and 10 and still miss the playoffs. Correct. With 101 points. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Lou. I have I have a lot to offer here in a lot of different ways, so please bear with me. Yes. And bear with Dog Broadway, who is now barking at somebody outside. Yeah. Um and and he is even appropriately barking at the right time because so is one of her part owners. All right, here we yep. go. Okay. I do not think that take is outlandish at all. Ooh, okay. I Wow. Although the one thing I would say is I know how much Mr. Adler loves this team and and I don't I don't think that's out of the realm. The only thing I would question, Noah, is one thing. What's well, that? a couple of things, but I'm going to start on the good side before I get to the teacher side. Okay. And the teacher or or the good side is if they win that many games between now and the end of the year, I think they're in. Mm-hmm. I think they're in. Now, the young man who loves it, who I have a lot of time for because of his passion and his commitment to how he feels about this particular team, um, he may have done an even better job than I would think about breaking everybody's schedules down, the comparison piece. And all of that. So, I don't. I. I. I don't even think it's that hot. I think it's actually mm. quite reasonable. Mm. Now, the teaching piece. <laughs> okay. And please don't take this the wrong way. <laughs> I won't. For all young broadcasters, and soon to be young broadcasters, there needs to be a lot more listening. And a lot less hot taking mm. in terms of getting to better places, learning more about the sport that you want to be involved in. My whole thing to anyone, whether I talk to them professionally or personally, is mm-hmm. learn from people who you know know more than you. And advice. please, and this is That's not true. to Noah, this is just a little advice. Remember your age, your time, your place, and your experience when remarking on others and their opinions. Right. It will take you a lot farther to play along nicely and weigh in when it is truly your time. That's excellent yeah. advice. Yeah, for sure. That's well, really good advice. Uh, Noah, what Peter Labardius just gave you was uh, the whole reason why you should be here for this entire week. Uh, Noah, great job, pal. Thank you very uh, much. We'll, we'll look forward to tomorrow's That was take well done. As well. Thank you. It was and well I'm done. I'm not surprised, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> there you go. Uh, kudos from Peter Labardius. Uh, you can take that and think about that when yeah, you put you your head down on the pillow tonight. That Lou gave you Take some it big right props. to the bank. There I you will. go. The blood bank, Senator Trent <laughs> from Steven Seagal and Hard to Kill. Or Sorry, PNC. I couldn't, I couldn't stop that. Or uh, PNC. Great, see? Yeah, uh, great job, uh, Noah. Uh, Peter Labardius, Flames color analyst uh, for Sportsnet 960 on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar 
guest hotline. All right, Lou, um, big, gigantic news in the sports world today. Tom Brady on all his socials decides to call it a career. It looks like this is um, this is it for Tom Brady. And throwing a poll question out uh, today, uh, over 300 votes, and we asked, who is the goat of goats in North American team sports? I brought up the names Tom Brady, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan. Who's the goat of goats in North American team sports, Lou? I think it's Tom Brady. Mm. Why? I think it, I, why? Mm-hmm. Because I'll put it to you this way. I, I mean, listen, those guys are all, to me, on the same plane. But to win the Super Bowl seven times, yeah. to participate in as many, you know, conference championship games along the way, and Super Bowls themselves, even a couple he didn't win, I just think is an absolutely beyond incredible accomplishment because, for me, there is no better attribute than someone who you know truly helped lead the way to winning. Hmm. So, just like Michael Jordan and just like Wayne – Their will and want, like even in Wayne's case, I would say this, George, and I know it's a little off topic, but I don't think Wayne ever actually got in, like he he is known by many, including myself, as arguably the greatest player to ever play. But I don't know if Wayne ever got enough credit for not just his playing ability, but his will and passion to make sure his teams won. And that was even very evident in management roles with Team Canada when his career was over. Mm-hmm. Th- those people have a drive and a passion unlike others and are willing to do things that most others are not. So I don't know if there's really an edge the more I think about it and talk it out myself. But that's a that is an incredibly special class of human athlete and human being. We talked about this earlier. I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, what's the difference in greatness when it comes to longevity? Because I don't think there's any question that Tom Brady played at a higher level in the in the winter of his career, more so than Wayne Gretzky and Michael Jordan did. But at the same time, Lou, to me, out of those three names, Tom Brady had the least amount of impact beyond his sport. Michael Jordan came after Bird and Magic, who saved the NBA. And then Michael Jordan, being Air Jordan, the shoes, um, everything, be like Mike, Mm -hmm. took the NBA to another stratosphere globally. Wayne Gretzky was a guy who put the NHL on the map and went Hollywood when he went to Los Angeles. And a lot of people uh, credit Wayne Gretzky for opening up the Sun Belt to the NHL. Both of those guys have an impact past their sport. I'm not sure Tom Brady does, and that's why I'm trying to reconcile in my mind what's more important, greatness and longevity throughout your entire career or impact on the sport? Well, I think they're two different subjects, George. I think I think they're two different subjects because 
the subject that we're talking about on the second part of it is I don't think it's comparable. And here's why. So the NFL, as George Russick and Matt Rose and anybody who follows sports closely knows, does not need help in terms of growth, viewership, franchise worth, people's interest. So in that sport, George, in Tom's era, I don't think you can forget about the fact that would the NFL be the juggernaut in North American sports without him and without the Patriots and without what they have brought to the table in the last 20 years. On the other side of the fence, when Michael came along, um, it was in an era that I remember so fondly, and I'm not a big NBA fan anymore, and that we could have that conversation at a different time as to why, but that was at a time where, you know, you're following up Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. And, you know, television contracts and interest and viewers were not what they could have been. So that legacy and his smarts and his business people translated it better. And then there's Wayne. Well, until Wayne came along... Hockey in the United States, at least on a regional basis, well, on a national basis, wasn't that popular, period. And so what Wayne did is he helped transform the game to a much better place in areas that weren't named Massachusetts, Minnesota, and Michigan. But that league still continues to fight a battle in terms of being looked at in the United States as a true sports power. So I think they're all different. Tom Brady gets drafted 199th overall. Michael Jordan's a third overall pick. Wayne doesn't get drafted, but you knew what he was when he joined the WHA. Is that at all relevant as far as the fact that Tom wasn't one of those guys that was really expected to get to this level and through hard work and dedication, he was able to turn basically being a six-round pick into being one of the greatest we ever saw, not even in football, but just sports in general? Yeah, it is to me. It is to me because it speaks to one thing, that the older I get, the more, and I've always been a big believer in it. I don't always think it translates everywhere in our world. But, Maddie, you and I have had a lot of talk. The work matters. And, and you could make an argument that no athlete has ever ascended to a better place from where the journey began. And that's about the work. And that's about the commitment. And that's about his brain and his want and his will to be better than anybody else. So, yes, that does matter to me. Tom was not, you know, a Peyton Manning or somebody that was definitely going to be first overall coming into the draft. Most people thought he was never going to play a game probably when he went and was at Michigan or drafted in round six. He just didn't allow it to happen and turned himself into the greatest quarterback that ever lived. 
So it is a little different for me. Uh, real quick, Lou, more impressive Tom Brady stat. Uh, seven Super Bowl rings or the fact that he drinks 36 to 38 glasses of water a day? <laughs> well, the one for me is just stupid. So seven Super Bowl rings. <laughs> <laughs> now, if he was consuming about 50 in Coke Zeros, yeah, no problem. now it's a different story. Yeah. I don't think he'd be at the heights he was, with all due respect, if he was drinking. No, I no. Yeah. Listen, I I wish I had that. Yeah. More like four glasses a day. Yeah. Thirty-eight. Forget it. Yeah, that is just an incredible thing that Tom Brady continues to do on a day in day out basis. If I get to sixteen, I'm happy. Like I'm like, yes, I've done a great job yeah. today. Sixteen is a lot. I try to keep track. Yeah. To Thirty-eight is absolutely. That's. Yeah, Incredible. It's a lot of water. Uh, and also, Tom Brady says he can't get sunburnt because of the amount of water he drinks. Oh, he's, I'm sure he's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, even the sun can't defeat Tom Brady, which I, he, at this you point, You know what? I'll believe. try and do this in 30 seconds. Really? Yeah. Like, I don't know, George, if you watched the Flintstones growing up. I did. Well, you know, Tom Brady, Henrik Lundqvist, I put it in the same, you know, position. Like, Talk about Lucky. He is the Wilbur Terwilligerock of life. <laughs> you know, the episode when Wilma was going to have a date with her old boyfriend, Wilbur, and Fred said, Hey, Barney, what do you think, Fred, what do you think Wilma sees in Wilbur? I don't know, Fred, other than his devastating physique, <laughs> masculinity. Yeah. Four Olympic medals and a brand new Maserati. <laughs> Nothing, Fred. Right. That's Tom Brady. He's yep. got all of it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and and still, still went through a divorce. That'll also tell you how smart men are. Yeah, it's true. Um, Peter Labardius, <laughs> Flames color analyst. Always a pleasure, Lou. Thanks for this. Uh, we'll see you soon, pal. Okay, guys, be well. Have a great week. Uh, there's Peter Labardius on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, using the same secret secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. More like Yabba Dabba Lou, am I right? That's not, that's not bad, actually. Yes, yes! Woohoo! Who booed back there? Was it Boss Art? Yeah. yeah. Well, back to that boo should have probably come about nine, 90 minutes after the show. Yeah. Just when you got here. I'm just kidding. There it <laughs> is. I'm just, bam. Zing. Uh, before we go, what do you got on more Big Show, Big Show Extra, Big Show Plus, Big Show... Hour four. Uh, Andrew Patterson out of Winnipeg Sports Talk does. We'll do. We'll talk Brady. We'll talk the NFL for sure, and we'll get a little talk with the Jets, of course. Do you want to wrap up the poll question too when you come back? Yeah, we'll wrap up the poll question. All right, for sure. Um, That's it for us. Uh, uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.